0: Oh, oh, one more thing. Well, listen, there's one more
1: thing. Uh, just one more thing. Hello, and welcome to Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo, where we're trying to go through every single episode of the beloved detective murder television program. I'm R.J. White.
2: And I'm John Morris, and this episode, we're discussing negative reaction, Originally broadcast on October fifteenth, nineteen 1974, directed by Alf Kjellin, written by Peter S. Fisher, and starring Dick Van Dyke, Antoinette Bauer, with cameos by Vito Scotti and Larry Storch, and of course, starring Peter Falk as Columbo.
1: Each time on the program, we're joined by a special guest. Uh, This time out, it is Kevin O'Mara, a uh, photographer based in New Orleans, and uh, we'll bring him on in a second, but John... Uh, Why on earth would we have a photographer on the show? Hmm?
2: Let me weave a story for you, RJ, that might explain it.
3: Please
2: do. It's a jolly homicide with Polly. No wonder that it's Polly who killed his wife. (sighs) Dancing, chimney sweep, and inventor of the flying car, Dick Van Dyke, stars as world-renowned, Pulitzer Prize-winning photographer, Paul Galenko. Pushed to the edge by the constant abuse from his drunk shrew of a wife inside their candy-colored mansion, Galenko stages her kidnapping murders her and then frames his secret accomplice and ex-con alvin for the dirty deed a faked ransom note a one-sided phone call from the alleged kidnapper and a series of errands which send alvin all over los angeles county in a yellow cab ends with the unfortunate patsy's murder in a junkyard chitty chitty bang bang he's dead Aww. and the only witness to the crime is unreliable wino vito scotty now it's up to colombo to navigate the soup kitchens of lies and upscale photo studios of deceit in order to nab Van Dyke for his act of super XPL atrocious murder.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a that's a sad, tragic tale.
2: It is terrific. Did you get that, by the way, RJ? Those are all movies. No, I, I,
1: I got it. Oh, ah, yeah. Yes, yes, hmm. yes, I, I got it. <sighs> you forgot to put the new Dick Van Dyke show in there somehow, though. I also couldn't fit Diagnosis Murder. Oh, that's that's probably for the best. All right, uh, Kevin, welcome to the program, sir.
0: Thank you very much for
1: having me on. Uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. I uh, before I ask you about uh, whatever history you have with Columbo, I've got one question. Uh, watching this episode. Uh, you're a photographer, right?
0: I am uh, indeed. Okay.
1: And uh, how, how long have you been in that uh in that business there, roughly? Oh, since about
0: 2006.
1: Okay, so it's been some time. You've been doing yeah. this, yeah. Um, is it normal uh, for a photographer's career to be such that he lives in a mansion and has a Rolls Royce as his driving around doing errands car? Or is that a little rare? I live in a mansion. Oh well, never Uh, mind. Okay, that was one of the least (laughs) believable things about the episode. You cleared up for me, then never mind. Okay, we're fine. No, that's
0: uh, that's about like the banjo player having a mansion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, Columbo, uh, you you enjoy the program? Uh, When when did you first start uh, watching Columbo?
0: Uh, I first started watching Columbo about what two nights ago.
1: Oh, Oh, I thought Um, I thought you were a long time. Long-time fan of the program. Okay, never mind. No, no, I remember
0: remember Columbo from being a kid, uh, but I guess those were like Columbo TV specials. So when I saw the air date on this was 1974, uh, I thought, wow, this thing's older than I am. So uh, I I tried to really think about my Columbo experience, and all I remember as a kid was like doing the, the, uh, the child's version of the Columbo impersonation where you walk into a room and look kind of lost and maybe like 5% embarrassed. And then you cross your eyes and like touch your thumb to your forehead, say something dumb and then leave the room. Uh, wow, and that's,
1: I didn't even do that. That's cool.
0: Well, that's the extent of my Columbo experience. So I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, it's that guy on TV. You know?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: fantastic. I pretended to be the thing of the fantastic four. When I was a kid, you pretended to be Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I, I don't remember how he pretended You must to be. have pretended to be an architect. You were probably Frank Lloyd Wright, like a little a little city planner. <laughs> or, or
1: David Letterman <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Johnny Carson, just being a jerk.
2: I like to imagine that. you were just like one of those kids who gets appointed mayor for a day when you're eight years old.
1: No, but I did... Um uh, for Christmas I was in junior high school I asked for an attache case. I <laughs> what? I carried it to school and I rightfully got the crap beat out of me. Oh I was uh, you know what? Ask. I would get a time machine, go back and as an adult punch me in the right, arm you keep... three or four because times. You... <laughs> no, you know what I'd do? I would go up, hey, 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 fat fat little kid with the attache case. Look down here. And it would be my finger doing like the uh, the okay sign and then I would uh... Uh, give then I'd go to punch myself and I'd have to give another two for flinching, probably. And I wouldn't wipe it off. I'd just disappear back in the time portal. That's what I would do. Wow. Yeah, I, that was a jerk. That was an idiot. Contin-
2: continuing the cycle of violence, R.J. White. We'll That's be back right. after this message.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this program, uh, let's start off. How, how, okay, the murder itself. How does everyone yeah. feel about how that got pulled off? I. That was I'm a not- bit of an elaborate thing.
2: It it was – I'm just going to – I want to jump ahead of just a smidge. Sure, sure. That was the worst tying up a person job in history, right? She literally was still moving her arms really really freely, like, at all the room in the world.
1: Here's the thing. Okay, so we'll we'll establish this a little bit. So, yes, um, uh, Dick Van Dyke uh, plays this apparently world-famous photographer, uh, and he's married to this woman, and for some reason – who knows why he hasn't divorced her because they're both very yeah. obviously unhappy and have been they, unhappy for a very long time. I got to jump in because
2: they really did not establish that. They obviously no. hate each other,
1: but there's no, they, they don't say like why they just haven't left each other. there was no like money thing. Right. Well, it must've must been her mansion. I don't know. I think they established that he does really well for himself with photography. So I don't yeah. get it. It's I, really I strange. Know. Yeah. They didn't explain that at all. But when it comes to actually uh, committing the murder, because like you, like you said, he set it up like to fake her kidnapping. He buys this ranch, this run down terrible ranch, and she's just needling him at every single small thing. <laughs> so when they go out to see the ranch where he set up this whole thing to murder her, she's so busy insulting him and insulting the house. She doesn't notice. He's just kind of very leisurely setting up the murder scene. She's just like, oh, this couch is terrible. Oh, this kitchen is horrible. Meanwhile, he's just there. Say, oh, he's got plenty of time to set up the murder equipment because she's so busy insulting every single thing. It's so strange. They go out of think, their way to make her unlikable, I think.
2: Yeah, because usually we talk about this all the time. that In Colombo they have a habit of uh, the murder is slightly justifiable, like there's a blackmail situation or in a, uh, uh, some other kind of like – Bad person forcing the murderer to do something they didn't want to do and getting pushed to murder. Here it was just that she was an awful human being,
1: and he was either <laughs> absolutely too, he, he was too afraid or lazy to divorce her, I guess. So he yeah. just decided to set up an elaborate murder plot.
2: I guess not to, sure. not to not uh, to indict Kevin in anything, but Kevin, do you <laughs> uh, do you do you develop your own photos? Uh, I do not. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was gonna ask if you if you knew what chemicals in your average dark room could be used to discreetly kill somebody <laughs> and maybe give some advice to Dick Van Dyke if he ever chooses to reprise this role <laughs> I'd say if you drink enough of them probably all of them
1: okay good
2: <laughs> noted
1: it was yeah it was just it was, the plot itself was very strange and the the only title you can come up with uh, for um, uh, the, the, the guy there Alvin poor bastard. That's that's who that guy is. That guy is this 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 show has a lot of poor bastards, and he is definitely one of the Columbo series' poor bastards. So that's a,
2: that's, a, that's a fine like uh, uh, side podcast.
1: Yes, the poor the bastards. poor bastards of Columbo. Oh god,
2: he certainly seems eager to please. The thing I like most about Alvin, he had kind of a that's my buddy Spike kind of feel about it. Oh yeah, right? yeah
1: yeah yeah You're yeah yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, that's... But yeah, he gets roped into this whole thing, uh, used as a front man to actually buy the ranch property so that um, Dick Van Dyke's name is nowhere on it. And then Dick Van Dyke turns around, murders him, and then pins his wife's kidnapping murder on the guy. On the right. poor bastard who's like, what, two weeks out of out of stir. That was Kevin, another...
2: Uh, oh, sorry,
0: Kevin, go ahead.
1: Oh, can I ask a question
0: about why he bought a ranch... Uh, why, why not just go like murder his wife on a ranch that he broke into or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, a,
1: yeah, no, that's also an excellent question because I, I don't know because even that got her angry that he bought a ranch, so he gave right. himself like another extra, let's say, a month to like uh, make an offer and close and everything uh, on right. the property. Another month of her just constantly needling him about buying a ranch.
0: Well, and it wasn't said explicitly, but I got the impression you know several times he talks about I'm going out of the country shortly. I figured he wasn't going to come back, so double why buy the ranch? Right.
1: Yeah, that's it. And also, why would you tell her that you're buying a ranch? If the ranch is yeah, supposed he, to be a secret thing that you've purchased that nobody knows you purchased.
2: Right. He went out of his way to have his accomplice buy the ranch, so his name was no way attached to it, except he told his, his wife, who seems physically incapable of shutting up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So chances are good she's been bitching to all of her friends. You
1: know, what, talking this through, this is even worse and worse and worse murder plot than than I thought it was in the first place. It's great
2: too because she fl- she flat out tells them, this is a terrible plan and you'll never get away with it. Yes, <laughs> and we're just un- completely unearthing the fact that it is an incredibly terrible
1: plan. She's seen she's seen Columbo. She knows. <laughs> this, this is, is L.A. County. Gonna... You're screwed. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna assign that uh, little guy in the filthy trench coat to get you. I think this
2: what i was when I was watching this, the one thing that stood out to me that I hoped Kevin would enjoy is that uh, he takes the photo of his wife tied up so he can fake the the uh, kidnapping, and he takes one photo and he apparently doesn't like it and later in the episode he talks about the composition's all wrong, and the exposure's terrible and all that stuff, and he throws it away and then he takes another photo, not having changed anything <laughs> oh right. <laughs> He doesn't change the lights in the room. He doesn't close any windows, open any windows. He just changes windows. the
1: composition slightly by moving it to the one side a little bit. That's it. But he doesn't do anything right. else about the lighting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: yeah it's the exact same photo. Oh, yeah. This one's beautiful.
1: But I like but, that. I'm you know, oh, sorry.
0: Honestly, I thought at that point the first photo might have been like a little bit blurry and you couldn't see the hands of the clock. And so that oh. was going to be his excuse. And then that never came up at all. No. But, right. You know, honestly, at, at that point in the show, I was still distracted trying to figure out and I'm sorry, Dick Van Dyke, but I could not figure out if there's was a real beard or not. I think it man, I sure mean, was.
1: I think it really sure
0: was. I grew a hell of a beard, and it doesn't look anything like that. That was he, some silky, silver beard right there. He
2: has a, a rakish head of hair to this day, and in the 70s, he rocked a hell of a beard.
1: Yeah, I know, because he had a show in the 70s where he had a beard, too, I think. Like a series, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, that is, that is, that's all Van Dyke. That's Van
0: Dyke. Right, well, sorry for questioning you, Dick Van Dyke. I just you know, couldn't believe my eyes.
2: Speaking of that, though, uh, when, I, when you, that scene was going on, Dick Van Dyke is enormously tall. Oh, yeah, I like, know. He's a large. Fa- famously tall. Like, that's one of his characteristics. <laughs> yeah. And I kept thinking that the fact that he took the photo from a standing position was going to be a clue like, Columbo would later... You know, somebody would eventually say whoever took the photo was clearly 700 feet tall. <laughs> and then that would somehow lead to Dick Van... No, it didn't. Of course, it had nothing to do with it.
1: You know, I want to say here at the outset, though, all of this aside, this is stuff with the story, the stuff with the writing. Dick Van Dyke, though, I, I thought did an awfully good job in this in this episode. I thought he was really good at being the arrogant jerk, uh, nervous when he had to be nervous, a dick when he had to be a dick, just... Frustrated and, and pissed off, and he'd be frustrated and pissed off. I, I thought he did a pretty good job. It was kind of like well, the first time you see uh, Fred McMurray in uh, Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity. Yeah. Used to him being you know like oh my three sons. Oh blah, blah, blah. then you see him just be this this awful guy. You're like oh oh okay.
2: Yeah, it's a Once Upon the Time in the West kind of moment.
1: Who, which, which I've never seen that. What is
2: oh because uh, Henry Fonda's in it.
1: Oh and he's a jerk. He's a villain. In the yeah. He, I, oh. Yeah. I
2: I I would spoil shit if I told you what was up.
1: Oh no, don't. Because I'm about yeah. uh, to see that someday, but yeah, okay, but yeah, it, it's interesting. Somebody always plays like a nice, jolly, avuncular guy, and everything uh, just play a total jerk, especially one who commits murder. I guess that makes it even worse a little bit.
2: Yeah, Kevin, you were saying that you're not really familiar with uh, with Dick Van Dyke's films. Have you seen, have you, have you no, seen like
0: not, not at all? Like you mentioned, "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang," and I know those words in that order, right? Uh, <laughs> And that, that's about it. You know, I, I went, I'm like, I've heard of this Dick Van Dyke show. So I'm looking him up on Wikipedia. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, Van Dykeless in my, oh. in my catalog. But I did find out that Dick Van Dyke got his start on WDSU here in New Orleans on some sort of comedy show. So he and oh. I are practically buddies. So like, you oh, okay, know, he nice. used to live down yeah. here uh, well before I was born. So we hang out all the time. Is uh do they celebrate Dick Van Dyke down in New Orleans because of that or? Pretty much, him and Richard Simmons and Ellen DeGeneres—they all <laughs> had a big party for the three of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no idea if you're pulling my leg at this point. That's fantastic.
0: Uh, I'll just shut up then. A
2: little bit, a little bit.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. The only the only people I knew when I visited you in New Orleans, the. Only celebrities, who uh, celebrity homes that were pointed out to me were Anne Rice and Harry Connick. Oh, I said I was saying Harry
1: you. Shearer, but okay. No,
2: incredibly disappointing. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I could
1: take fun. you to
2: a
0: couple more, but you know, I got to come down there. Yeah,
2: right. We'll work that out offline.
1: No, no, please, by all means, <laughs> um, I can look well, at okay. the lights on it. On, yeah, um, could you do um, me a favor Just to get me, um, tell me kayak we'll real dates quick, and for I'll,
2: you. Uh, i I'd like to stay at a Sheridan
1: Oh, you do need a hotel. Okay, hold on.
2: Alright, let's get this taken care of. Yeah. yeah. Uh but getting back to negative reaction there. Yeah, I do think Dick Van Dyke did a good job. I feel uh there was something he did really well that I don't I was gonna ask if you two picked up on as well, which is that his character is in love with his young assistant, his sexy young assistant. Yes. yes. Oh definitely I got I got the feeling she didn't even like he was invisible to her. Oh, exactly. Oh, a yeah. yeah, I thought that yeah. Was she, did, a really she did not nice. appear
0: to be reciprocating his feelings at all. She was just not there. Yeah, yeah and it was not.
2: Was like, it was not a malicious thing either. It was just that he she was not registering him on that scale.
1: Yeah, which so it was, was probably it was a motivation for him to actually do the murder now before this trips coming up and everything else. So there was a little bit of motivation there, but it's a sad motivation. And I think yeah, he played that kind of nice. And very subtle.
2: Yeah. Oh, you know, and that's a good thing, too, because, you know, there's that there's that weird thing, that weird fantasy that guys have about being bereaved or being sad, and that drives the women crazy. So, what if he engineered his wife's murder just so he could be sad on his own? Oh, my God. Road? That would be stupid. Oh, that's super creepy. Yeah. Well, he sure probably... didn't do
0: any being sad after she died, so I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly just peevish after she died. Well, he had right. been
1: two days until he uh, got uh, nailed by Colombo pretty much. Right. So this one like took place over like a kind of a short amount of time, which I thought was interesting. Like right away, and and because I mean the rest of the police force, assuming that this ex con did the whole thing, but the, I thought it was just some really nice stuff about how Columbo interacts with the rest of the department and how he works. Yeah. weird. Just weird. Rare... S- Just staying on it and him actually talking to other cops and telling them Mm -hmm. why things bother him and that he can't sleep about it and that it's been bugging him, just these tiny, tiny, tiny details until he works them out, which I thought uh, it it was some good Columbo there about his process and and the way he works. uh, Yeah,
2: I don't know if the captain in this episode was his captain.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a captain because he talked about how he hadn't seen him in a while or something like that. So I think it was just a captain of the force. Yeah, I, I think he is. had to introduce
0: himself when he first showed up on the crime scene. So. Right. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that, so that always good.
1: happens. Yeah, there was a good, there was a good, good thing to point out. There's the uh, typical Columbo driving up, and someone just assumes he's some hobo with a car who is wandered by.
2: This was this episode was heavy on the assuming Columbo's a hobo. Oh, actually, <laughs>
1: no. the, the, oh, the thing yeah. with the car was he pulls up because it's a junkyard. Right, there's right. Actually, there's a sign. Um. That says, We Buy Junk Cars. It pans up to that sign after he drives his car past it. And so, yeah, the cop, the uh, the, the, the beat cop there, just assumes he's bringing his car in to get it smashed up in the junkyard. Right. That it's was a, a junkyard
0: one. run by nuns, right, that assumed he was a <laughs> <own
1: stuff>. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's just unite those two. Right.
1: Oh, yeah, so, oh, right. So, um, one of the only witnesses at the junkyard to Dick Van Dyke shooting uh, poor bastard Alvin... And uh, pinning the thing on him is Vito Scotti, showing Yay. up again, part of the uh, Colombo stock company as a wino. And so then uh, Colombo has to go find him to get a statement. So he goes, uh, some shots, some beautiful shots of downtown Los Angeles, leading up to that. Just making downtown right. alley look wonderful. Really in the
2: in the alleys and the soup kitchens. Yes. I I, did, I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but it was no, no. It. I
1: thought it's just like wow, that's that's. Not an attractive part of downtown. I, that I want to see that. so
2: much more of that. Uh, I like the yeah. idea of Columbo just shambling through the t- most terrible parts of town.
1: What? Yeah, know, that was like, like
0: borderline seventies documentary footage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes, pretty much. the everyone moving to the suburbs. The deaths of our cities. Um, but even that, like when he's looking, when he's going to find Vito Scotti at the mission, he stops. And it just is very, very nice to this, uh, you know, kind of wino fellow who's just in the alley and asks, hey, do you know uh, so-and-so? Yeah, sure, he's in there at the mission. So he just goes in. And then that's when we have the uh, great scene with Joyce Van Patten taking pity on Columbo. uh,
2: Just before we get out of the junkyard completely, my favorite part of that was one of the cops telling, explaining to Columbo uh, that Scotty's character had been drinking in a car. In like a in like a beat up abandoned car, he was just getting really drunk.
1: In this the, uh, middle of nowhere, this the middle of nowhere, company. yeah. Oh, which which I might add, um, he has the uh, has has the Alvin meet him there because apparently it was another property he had thought about buying. Right, he's going. I get don't get, get that. Why would he be buying a junkyard and an abandoned ranch? Because it's a good place to
0: shoot somebody else. That's right.
1: right. (laughs) He didn't have time time to finish buying that property to shoot Alvin there.
0: He had to do it to someone. Oh,
1: well, I guess I'll shoot him there anyway, even though I don't own it.
2: That's a really good point. Why not bring his wife out there, do the photos, shoot her, throw her in a car, then call Alvin down (laughs) shoot him? And then, ta-da, and then they find the body there, too, uh, yeah, right? I don't know. I oh, don't know. my God. So much easier.
1: Well, I, th- I think part of it was because there'd be, like, a lot of time um, in between finding the wife's body, all the hunting around they'd have to do. Well, apparently the it's really the comfortable way. there. You
2: hang out of
0: the cars and drink.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's in the middle of nowhere. How did got to get there?
0: So, you uh, know, <laughs> I just want to tell you, this, this is a true story. Unlike most of whatever else I say, I grew up in a small town in Tennessee at uh, the filling station where my mom used to go get gas. There was a guy who would come out and pump the gas. And years later, I found out that at the end of every day, he pretty much just went out back in one of the junk cars and uh, laid there and drank and then woke up the next morning and came back to work. So oh. it's, it's not too far. Well,
1: no, it's a short commute. Know. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, oh, no. drunk guys in cars, I'm totally familiar with that. That was the most believable part of the episode for me.
1: There you go. Better, better than the uh, Rolls-Royce for a <laughs> driving Pulitzer, up to Pulitzer the Pulitzer Prize-winning yeah. uh, photographer.
2: How many Pulitzer prizes did you say you think he won? I
1: thought they said nine, but maybe it was two.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> I did. I did get the feeling that they were trying to portray him as some kind of Diane Arbus-like, well, seeking out the truth in photography kind of photographer. Well,
1: here is my thing on that because he seemed, uh, because when later on. When he's talking to Colombo about how he's going to be leaving town soon to go to the Philippines, I think it was? Yeah. He seemed eager to be leaving the portrait business behind. And I, right. I get the feeling that he only took up the portrait thing because of the wife.
2: Because of the amazing amount of money that you make in the Olin Mills business. Exactly. Well, I,
1: I don't know. It seemed like he has like a – it's like a rich dowagers, wealthy dowagers, <laughs> and rich people – He's taking photos of them, and he's sick of it. I think he was probably pressured into it because of his wife. Because I mean, he, that that lobby of his studio. Let's talk started, about that. It was the same kind of ugly, antique garbage that was in their house. That seems yeah. like she was always going to, um, uh, auctions and gettings. So that's why I feel like she just said, like, "Well, you don't need to be going off gallivanting and taking these award-winning photography, you know, photographs." go here, let the rich people come to you, I'll decorate your office for you, blah, blah, blah. So I think that was part of like his whole thing of getting rid of his studio was mm. part of that whole thing of just getting rid of her and that part of his life and just getting the hell out of the country with his uh, young, hot assistant and whatnot.
3: Yeah,
2: they did have a gimmick where the one book that was clearly his on the on the bookshelf uh, was really stark and gray and all the other books were, were colorful and Rococo. But that was that was one of the weirdest things about the portrait studio is there were no photos in it. All the books mm. that were up for sale were of like Renaissance paintings or of Dutch master paintings. And there's a there is a portrait in in the front of the room. It's a little kid holding a stuffed tiger. But it's a painting.
1: Yeah, I think I think he just really didn't like that. I think he was ashamed of that. No,
2: I I think what happened is they told the prop guys <laughs> It's a studio. We need a lot right. of art books and some portraits. I, I
0: thought they, when I thought when Columbo like, walked up, he even said, "Wait, are these all his books?" And his assistant's like, "Yeah, he's you know done right. all these books." And I didn't even notice that most of them weren't even photo books. Yeah, he's Rembrandt. He did. He's Rembrandt. <laughs>
1: Rembrandt. He did that
0: book. I think.
2: Well, I believe. one oh, of the I pictures, the books. I thought
1: you meant like pictures actually on the walls and stuff like. There's that,
2: one picture on the wall or one picture on a on a on an easel, that's a painting. I have I got a I got a screen cap of it for the Tumblr because... But I think I
1: think when he's when he has the when he's actually exhibiting his photos though I I mean, well, I mean oh he, he has he, he has a photo exhibit yeah Yeah well no at, at the house too and also with his publisher later on but I think this studio I think he just wants nothing of his stuff being shown there in the lobby of his studio because I think he doesn't care for this portrait business at all so he tries to, I think I he tries possibly. to keep it I think he tries to keep his professional in his mind, artistic stuff away from doing this crap for hire that he uh, has grown to hate.
0: Do you, do you know who did not put that much thought into this episode? <laughs> I've got to guess. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the writers.
1: The, maybe. Or maybe not. Every, I don't know. Because, I mean,
2: this happens every, every podcast. But the weird okay. thing is,
1: too, like going back to like, the way his photos are exhibited, um, you see them uh, at their house towards the beginning uh, on the wall. Yeah. You just tack them up on the wall. Yeah, there's like, no. That's, frame. that's a weird way to display that. But then later on, when you see like the show at the um, uh, publishers' uh, building, s- exhibited the exact same way. Yeah, again, just...
2: I think they're they're trying to give him a Diane Arbus-like gravity. Oh, okay.
1: And he did and he did I, a lot of photos of a jazz musicians. I saw back there. The I didn't music. notice
2: that. I was I was paying a lot of attention to the mansion, and there's definitely a lot of like there were there were stark black and white photos.
1: Yeah, in the uh, the uh, publishers' lobby. Um, the scene most of the scene where like they're talking to each other in the background it's a lot of photos of um, jazz musicians I can't remember oh crap who's that guy who did a lot of that did the famous one like the, the group photo of all the guys in uh, Harlem on those steps I can't remember but there was a photographer who did a lot of that and it just reminded me a lot of his uh, work and what if they try to think like oh he's like that guy I don't know
2: we're doing that thing where the more we talk about the murderer the more I start to like
3: him
1: oh
2: <laughs> I'm really I'm liking this like this frustrated artist
1: that's that's that, kind uh, of that's kind of the impression i got from this like he just wanted to escape and break free from all this so much that he came up with a very ridiculously badly planned out plan that did not need to happen when he could have yeah. just uh, divorce you guys divorce you guys i mean she's drinking like two martinis at 11 o'clock in the morning and you're screaming at each other maybe uh, this should ended a while ago but instead nope
2: you could probably He probably could have just pushed her down the stairs.
1: That also would have worked. And yes. then
2: her blood alcohol level would have been through the roof.
1: Yeah, see? Easy. Uh,
2: that would have worked. Yeah, we got it. Then it would
1: have been uh, Quincy doing that one. Not <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, hey, so uh, We I wanted to go back to Vito Scotti because yes.
1: we. Oh, I was oh, at the, the, at the homeless homeless soup thing, kitchen. Yeah. yeah. The soup kitchen, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, because we get, uh, I think this is sort of like the or Colombo is a hobo uh, oh, scene in the history. the
1: most obvious literal one they've ever done. It's crazy. Joyce Van Patten as a nurse
2: it. just cooing over him about, you poor man.
1: Oh, we'll God. get you a new jacket.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: I love how Columbo is always too polite to just break, to mention that he's a cop. From oh the no!
1: He, I love his reaction to it is just being bemused by the whole thing. He's like, "Oh, they think I'm some homeless guy." <laughs> okay, I'll eat the stew.
2: He's so yeah, it's good stew.
1: Yeah, he's fine with it.
2: It's beef stew. It's the prevailing opinion, anyway.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> the guy's eating chili at uh, not good corner joint. So the beef stew yeah. at the, at the uh, soup kitchen—that's going to be fine to him. You
0: but know, uh, in, in that scene, I almost. I felt kind of weird about it because, you know, she's, like you said, cooing over him. And I I didn't even get the feeling he was uh, bemused or bewildered or too polite to interrupt. He just seemed to be going with it for reasons that were totally unfathomable to me. Just standing there like, "Uh, sure, I'm a homeless guy. (laughs) Yeah. Is that going to help me right now? No, I don't know. But yeah, I'm homeless. Sure. Maybe he just wanted that beef
2: stew. That's a, good, that's a good possibility though that he's just leaving that a lot of Columbo might just be leaving yourself open to situations right Yeah, because yeah. you never know what you can make happen
1: right holistic detective
2: stuff exactly he's dirt Gently
1: <laughs> uh, but well I mean plus also another factor is that one of the reasons he looks so haggard is I think the scene just before this he's talking to that uh, sergeant and how he just hadn't slept all night like two, two hours of sleep mm-hmm. and so he might just be kind of uh, punchy and a little bit out of it too He's that's like, all true. right, whatever's going on, fine.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. impressive that he kept his temper, because we did review uh, the George Hamilton episode where he just straight up snaps at people.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
2: After two hours of sleep. Yes. So that's, it was a good Vito Scotti scene. I think it was a good comedy scene, a little stretched out, which is one of the things I wanted to talk about with this episode, which is, overall, really enjoyed it, but a lot of padding.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Including oh, the, 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 <clears throat> the great, the underappreciated, Larry Storch. That's right. I love Larry Storch to pieces.
1: He can he can be great. I think uh F Troop was the worst thing he ever did. Yeah. I like him so much better than anything other than F Troop pretty much.
2: And here Do you yeah. were you surprised that he didn't play the bum? Uh no. I kind of thought he should have played the wino. I feel like he would have really? he was a Yeah, I felt like he was more of a Dolan. I don't know.
1: I I kind of like I like how that all fell fell, fell 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 in there. I that I, just,
2: I never think of him as a prig, but here he was.
1: Yeah, and he did it really well. Yeah. And the thing is, like I remember I saw I first saw this episode a couple of years ago, and then I rewatched it um recently for this for the program here. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, oh all right, Larry Storch probably did really broad, and then I'm watching it and I'm just really surprised because oh wait, no, I remember that completely wrong. He's hmm. kind of funny, but not super subtle, but it it's not as broad and strange as I uh have yeah I he doesn't it for, he doesn't
2: hammer at home he plays it he plays it pretty light yeah do you know uh, he's still alive God oh yeah
1: yeah he's still around Yeah. very
2: excited old. to find Larry Storch is still alive yep. Dick Van Dyke still yep. alive hey yeah, this bo- is a good bo- episode for still being alive yes Joy, Joyce Van Patten not only still alive but recently cameoed on an, on the episode of Boardwalk Empire that I watched Whoa. right after I watched Negative
1: Reaction oh crazy town yep nutty
2: She she played a crazy lady living under a pier
1: oh okay uh, played Vito Scotty. character. See? <laughs> it all comes together. Nah, really. yeah, fair enough. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, actors popping up in this episode, uh, the real estate guy who sold the ranch to um, Alvin slash uh, Dick Van Dyke, um, that's um, uh, Taggart from Beverly Hills Cop. The actor's <laughs> name is John Ashton. <laughs> so I look at him like that guy's familiar, and I look it up like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the, um, yeah, Judge Reinhold's uh, partner from the Beverly Hills Cop films. That was him. Wow, and he looks pretty much the same. I think he's one of those guys who kind of went bald young, so he's able to play those parts at that age for like thirty years or so. And yeah, it was it's kind of odd that he just popped up in there. I I missed my calling, I guess. There you go. (laughs) Uh, uh, So yeah,
2: but there was uh, so there's a scene with Joyce Van Patten and Vito Scotti, former Commedia dell'arte actor Vito Scotti. I like to add periodically. Mm. Uh and Larry Storch and I feel like there was a third one that I'm forgetting.
1: Uh like a big padding scene? Yeah,
2: no there was think Well there was, well, there there was
1: w- one that I thought yeah, it could kind of fall into that, but I thought it was actually a pretty good scene where um uh Columbo's there at Dick Van Dyke's house and he's waiting for him in this room. Looking yeah. Yeah, and he's got the, he's got the cigar, and it's this, like, silent kind of pantomime scene where he's just looking around for an ashtray yeah. and he can't find one. It goes on for a while while Van Dyke's watching. And again, I'm probably putting too much into this, but I'm just wondering if it was kind know. of because it was, because Dick Van Dyke, famous for that sort of kind of silent pantomime comedy. I didn't know if they were kind of doing right. that because of that. I don't know. Maybe. But, but it you know, went out a while, but I enjoyed it.
2: Falk always had a lot of say on the shows and he did like to play off of different actors. So, might maybe.
1: And then all, that all, that scene, I love the ending of that scene because it has that insane uh, cocker spaniel pin. <laughs> <laughs> that I loved.
0: That was fantastic. Yes. That was the second time in that episode I was like, "Wait, what am I watching?"
1: It was hilarious. Uh, "John, do you want to do you want to take this or?" "No, go for it." Um, I got to cough. <laughs> so, um Yeah, Colombo is about to leave. And talking about how he has to go to the vet, and Dick Van Dyke's someone asks him like, "Why?" He says, "Oh, my dog, uh, he's not eating, he's not sleeping, he's not drinking." Uh, there's this cocker spaniel next door he was in love with who moved away. It's like, "Oh, that's terrible." And Columbus starts to leave, and he comes back. It's like uh, just one more thing. Mom's like, "Hey, wait, do you have any photos of cocker spaniels?" Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely call that one padding because I no, no... no, I don't have. Oh, I thought I could take one and put it up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the Cocker Spaniel pin-up.
2: Do so you no, know the... The,
1: uh, part know about it. It. the dog I yeah. know it wasn't her. Ah, the, dog's crazy... yeah, he like, the dog's smarter than that. That's what he says. The dog's smarter than that. Yeah, that's a crazy <laughs> idea. It was, uh, it
3: was that
2: was ridiculous. definitely Padding. That's but what I, I was thinking
1: about. Padding, of. but I think kind of it too, maybe it's a might have been the thing where they do with him it's kind of forcing the killer to kind of underestimate him and think he's an insane moron. Mm-hmm. So I, think it I certainly just... was of that opinion at that point yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah So I think maybe it was part of that But then also, yeah, just thrown in a weird Goddamn gag for whatever reason It was very strange and very funny But I liked it A little, uh, time,
2: a little time to fill Yes. It's one of those 90 minute episodes
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like, to, like to know how that was determined I guess sometimes. But,
0: You know, I wanted to mention the first time in this episode I thought I had lost my mind is, uh, When Columbo's talking to the bum In the soup kitchen and uh, for some reason, the bomb says, Do you play cribbage? Yes. But yeah. I, I wasn't paying attention, and I swear to God, I thought he said, Do you play Quidditch? And I'm like, Wait, is this <laughs> a, so go to some weird Harry Potter shit? This is too early for that, right? Yeah, so.
1: and there's a, there's a Tumblr.
0: Working on it. No, I'm already, saying there's
1: an entire Tumblr. Could be definitely. Already photoshopping to
2: something. We're getting this started. All right, good. <laughs> Just one more thing. You're a wizard.
1: Harry Potter, <laughs> <Columbo.tumblr.com>. <laughs> Get that put together. There you go, nerds. Have it for free. Um, <laughs> oh, so then. Oh yeah. Plus, there's also the uh, the long stuff about um, Columbo just constantly bringing up the uh, photography stuff about uh, he's he's got this uh, brother-in-law's anniversary oh, yeah, took photos up. at the and,
2: wedding or whatever. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh. And they turned out badly. He's kind of doing it to try to trap him, but he just keeps bringing it up to the point where he brings the camera to the funeral for the wife, which I thought was so creepy. Right? And unsettling. And a great way to throw him off. I feel like that's a
2: nice bookend to what we discussed in the last episode of Mrs. Columbo, where she went to a funeral and was was cheerily looking for the bereaved fiancé. Yes. The whole Colombo family is just not suited for funerals.
1: Oh, oh and there was th- <laughs> in the midst of that, too, I, I swear there was one, like when he, the first time he actually takes a photo from a distance, they actually did a thing uh, simulating the shutter closing, but they only did it like once or yeah. twice, which was such a weird. It's kind of weird insert of like a very artificial visual thing into mm-hmm. this that they didn't have anywhere else in the episode, which I thought was... They appealing. did that
2: on every television show in the 70s. If a camera was ever being used, they did that.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: To, to the point where I, I suspect it wasn't done intentionally. I think that's something you have to not do intentionally in the 70s.
1: Oh, it's like, well, you got to do that kind of transition, that effect or else...
2: yeah. Because it's a camera. Why else would you? Why would you not have it? It becomes like part of the the theatrical armament or armory. Right. That you have to bring it out every time. Yes. But yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not super crazy about it because if you do that, then to my opinion, every time you like open a door, there should be a keyhole effect, or if you fire a gun, <laughs> <you should> be, <laughs> yes, bullet go through a hole. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of that thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, at least in the '80s, they transitioned to the uh, looking through binoculars yeah. effect where
1: you see both the same
2: pattern coming yes we got some and and if you took a photo through binoculars
1: oh so you have the binoculars and and the photo thing (laughs) yeah worse
2: through a keyhole
1: um speaking of the cemetery sequence uh the scene where he's got van dyke at the limo just before they leave just a really really nice tightening of him really letting him know like i've got you i've almost got you you are so (laughs) trapped and and the thing Columbo keeps hitting over and over again, which I think is really nice, because uh, it leads to something we talk about lots of times, so the, the relationship with his wife says, well, if it was my wife, I would have done this. Well, if it's my wife, I wouldn't have waited. It was my. He says that over and over and over again, just pointing out the parts of his plan that just don't hold up by just citing, like, well, if it was my wife, I'd be worried. If it was my wife, I th- which I thought was kind of a nice uh, a thing to throw in there.
0: I thought that was the one scene where... Um... I wasn't totally impressed with uh, Van Dyke's acting, but it seemed he was almost um, afraid that he was going to step on Colombo's lines because Colombo would say something. Like, it was my wife. And then there's a beat and a beat. And then oh, Van Dyke like is like, oh, why don't you okay. go away? You know, the pauses are terrible.
2: There's, there's a fine, possibility that might have been Falk too as an actor, because sometimes he can be a little uh, uh, dominant in a scene. I can only imagine. So uh, that was a who was it? We talked about this in a previous episode, but uh, there was an actress who was complaining that uh, that Falk was incredibly hard to work with. I can't remember. Oh, who it, oh was. it was
1: um, uh, what's what's her name in the uh, the, the McDowell Dell episode? The from um, uh, Forbidden Planet. Oh, uh, Anne Francis. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Anne Francis. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Saying that he was like super, super difficult to work with because he was such a dominant actor. Right. Yeah. So that might have been happening there, too. Dick Van Dyke, you know, is uh, movies and TV for most of his career, but he's a pretty avuncular guy. So that it might have been a little intimidating, too. Mm-hmm. We can ask him. He's on Twitter. I'm just going to ask oh, him to do it. Um, I'm going to get right on Twitter. I'm going to say, Mr. Van Dyke, I have a serious. Do it, do the, it I'll,
1: using the uh, – the, the, um, well, we'll bring this up, but – well, might as well now. Do it yeah. using the, um, our new Twitter account for the show. And if you want to follow that, folks, it's J O M T podcast on it and on the Twitter.com. Uh, on that so. there
2: dot, Twitter, dot, at,
1: dot com. Yes, that's how, you, that's how you <laughs> I'm gonna.
2: It. I'll use the proper Dutch pronunciation, uh, Mister Mister Diek van Huuk. I will ask oh. him. Okay. <laughs> that's right, Diek van Huuk, and I'll ask him for his motivation on the scene. I'm to I'm gonna go bug him.
1: Okay, go ahead. Okay, we'll watch we do the show, but yeah, we'll do that. I'm going to do it really
2: right now, no, and then right okay, as, no, long, no. as long as I'm on the computer, I'm going to go on Kayak.com, get those tickets ready. Get right. In that
1: case, I'll talk about how uh, he had really, really nice Adidas' on in the scene in his photography studio. Right?
0: That was so surreal. Oh God, like, that's, awesome. that's
1: what he's wearing now? I was, all day
2: he dreams about sports goods
1: I, I was shocked. those are all those were awesome adidass. I would wear those today. I think I might have a pair of those.
2: I strongly feel like Dick I think van Dijk's got still those just adidas he's quite an active fella.
1: Oh man, they were nice ones, and the fact they were like the, the early 1970s ones what was 74 74? 74? 74 74 yeah, yeah no, those were some nice adidass. I don't think a lot of people were in those back then. So, yeah. No, he
2: was. Uh, it's well known that Dick Van Dyke was on the cusp of hip hop culture.
1: Oh God! Of course. Much of.
2: Yes. In fact, I believe I believe the uh, Chim Chimney song is considered the, the real yeah, no, origin. No. Yeah, it's, it's a it's real a, origin of rap.
1: It's a rap.
2: <laughs> it's undoubtedly a rap. It's a rap. It's not a Cockney accent that he's doing in Mary Poppins. No. That's that's a that's a hip hop affectation.
1: Oh. It's, yeah. a rep. it's a rap. It's a rap It's like Bu-
2: when Buster Rhymes goes rah, rah, like a dungeon dragon. That's right. exactly. He's exactly like Dick Van Dyke going, it's a Joliola die with you, Mari. Uh, that's the same thing.
0: Yes, of course. What is this What is this? Poppins movie you're talking about?
2: Uh, Hip Hop, Lock and Poppins. It's the latest oh, okay. in the series of You Got Served films.
0: Got it. Is that four
2: or five? Uh, Seventeen. So, holy shit. <laughs> 17. You got a lot to catch up on. There are th- five <laughs> direct DVD releases. There were two that were only on Hulu. Uh, there's one that you had to have mailed to you. You got it out of a box of Fruit Loops, I think.
0: Sweet. Oh, I did. Well, that's what was in my Fruit Loops.
2: Right. Right. They don't put Fruit Loops on those boxes anymore. It's just the DVDs. <laughs> just the TV. Small, small fruit flavored DVDs. You're not eating those, Trigger. I hope. They're terrible
1: for Trigger's you. Been, they're so disappointed. With no, 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 no.
2: They've, they've got DVDs. They love them. Okay. Great. Anyway, we were talking about Columbo. I think so.
0: Um, oh, I was, I was speaking you know, of things that uh, Dick Van Dyke's character wears. I thought it was really convenient that if you're rich and you have, you know, a mansion of rolls, you can just walk around wearing gloves all the time yeah. and you don't look like a killer.
1: Yes. It's like nice. no fingerprints. Nice skin-colored gloves. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Creepy, creepy driving murder gloves. It's impressive
2: that, again, Dick Van Dyke is one of the most avuncular people in show business, just a really cheery, chipper, tall, dancy kind of guy. But put him in, put him in leather gloves and uh, he looks like he's going to murder you.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. I think well, anybody in leather beard? gloves. I think it's a beard too uh, that we brought The Beard up here doesn't for. help. No, that makes it really creepy.
2: I bet if you put Captain Kangaroo in leather gloves, he would look like he's going to murder you.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Mister Rogers.
1: No, leather gloves. no, because there's no beard. No. Well, can I, I talk about his, Gabe, uh, Kaplan? His oh God, Gabe, Gabe Kaplan? Oh my God, Gabe Kaplan
2: so look like he's going to murder. You. Yes. All the all the, the sweat too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Put no, <laughs> you put the uh, you put the driving gloves on. Some of the beard, yeah, they look like uh, you're going to get strangled.
0: Well, you know, I got to say, I didn't know much about uh, Dick Van Dyke other than the name, you know, and some chitties and bangs. And uh, I I went looking for pictures of him thinking, well, maybe if I see this dude's face outside of his Columbo episode, I'll recognize him. Uh, There's a lot of pictures of him smiling. And because my main uh, Dick Van Dyke introduction is him as a terrible, creepy, petulant killer. uh, He looks kind of creepy all the time when you come at it that way. If this is your first introduction to Dick Van Dyke. This is all the pictures weird. in Google image search are weird.
1: See, this is fascinating to me because it's the exact polar opposite. <laughs> of what me. everybody else in the world, I think, yes. actually. Because <laughs> I grew up watching the Dick Van Dyke show reruns. And that was it. I mean, there was one summer, uh, my parents had one of those uh, satellite dish things. Not those little ones they got now, but it was like one of those big ones you put out in the yard. So you're able to get stations from all over, and I figured it out one summer. I was able to watch four different episodes of Dick Van Dyke a day from four different parts of the country. Like, I timed it out. I grew up watching the show, so then to see him like this, it's just like, oh, it's a little uh, strange and jarring. You, now the Dick Van Dyke show, is the wrong thing. It's like the bizarro Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) This is fantastic.
2: My my thing with Dick Van Dyke is every time I see him in something, I wonder if he was sober enough to remember it.
1: Oh! Oh, no,
2: oh. that's his. That's his own story. Yeah, he said no, he, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. Re- he went to the. Uh, he was on his way to the premiere. I uh, think of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and when he got to the theater, was surprised to find it was a movie he starred in.
1: Oh, damn! Wow. Yeah, yeah. He had some problems. For he some did, time. Yeah. but later
2: was rescued by a dolphin. So
1: wait, what? I didn't hear that. He one. was. He was out yeah. surfing.
2: This is fairly recent. He was out surfing. He went out too far. He started to get lost, and a dolphin rescued him.
1: Who had seen him in the Dick Van Dyke Show? If the dolphin had seen this episode, this thing, first, he would have been like, "Oh, finally, yeah. justice
2: is done." He's oh, thinking.
1: it's that guy, it's that murderer guy. Oh, I'm not, I'm solving that guy. I'm not saving that guy. Forget this. In this,
2: in this moment, the porpoise thinks, "I am Batman. I am seeing justice done, and I'm going to see <laughs> Paul Paul Galenko
0: drown in the ocean." Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, if there's an episode where like uh, Bob Newhart is a killer, like I've seen some Bob Newhart show oh, talking about like, the Flintstones shows. So I would then not. I. I would not be confused if I saw Bob Newhart yeah, again afterwards. I think that's the old Bob Newhart.
1: I wouldn't be able to handle that. That's That would be too much for me.
2: Imagine if you saw a show where oh. Bill Cosby was some kind of villain. Oh, dear. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, we're going to erase that. That's not going to be in the show.
1: Yeah, it'll be. Yeah. A show. We'll be a far podcast about the Cosby mysteries. We'll save it for that. Oh, that uh, one's uh, on the back burner. Uh, are <laughs> talking about that one. I' uh, okay, uh, created by the same guys who did this too, by the way. I believe. Yeah. Sorry, I'd like to uh, I'd like
0: to uh, dodge to a new distraction technique, something that's totally irrelevant. In the scene where the uh, housekeeper is holding bags of groceries, yes. there's something in the bag that's like a maybe a loaf of bread. And it has a big fat strip of black tape across the top, clearly like blotting out some corporate logo oh it's yes. like prop guys didn 't have time to turn it upside down or something <laughs> so they had tape on it i don 't know i just i couldn 't take my eyes off it like what brand was that? is that Wonder Bread? Uh, i don 't
2: tell I love uh, Colombo actually has a pretty good Colombo has a pretty good history with uh, faking packaging and i 've got screenshots from one episode of a fake brand of c- uh, cigarettes, fake hamburgers, fake ketchup really? packets. Yeah. Oh! But I, I'll tell you, my favorite fake packaging from the 70s, and I do have a favorite, and since we're talking about Bob Newhart, this, this is appropriate, it's on the Bob Newhart show, and, and he's eating what is clearly a box of Fruit Brute.
0: Yeah. No. The
2: old monster cereal. However, yes. what they've done with it is they've taken a Sharpie and they've drawn, like, a pirate hat. What and like a beard and glasses and they've just sort of like put masking tape over Fruit Boot and written something else in its place. It's the one of the least convincing masking jobs I've ever seen. I'm
1: guessing it probably wow. they thought it was hilarious that it was such a terrible masking job. Well, guess. probably
2: in the 70s, television uh, uh, resolution was not as high as it is now. Ah, oh, right. So they were probably guessing 99. Yeah, that's good enough, and it looks yeah.
1: dumb and hilarious. So whatever. <laughs>
2: On the monitor, it probably looked amazing. I'm sure. Yeah, it, you know, they
0: weren't you expecting know, high def TV. In the last scene of this episode, there's a, a giant box of Kodak film that they just rotated 180. Right. It's upside like, down. Like, yes. you know, yes. yeah, yeah, I
1: remember that. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking that's, that's, of that's speaking like of high high the
2: point. ending, we should get around to the ending because that's the right. that's the hook, and it gives the episode its title because it's all about how the killer has a reaction to a yes. negative.
1: Yes. What? Right. what?
2: I know. Mind blown. But good, I, I that. liked
1: that ending, because it's got some great stuff. It's got Columbo feigning ignorance, uh, trapping the guy by just pretending to be this incompetent idiot, uh, the the killer getting all indignant and superior, and then just the great realization when he knows that he's screwed. He's so horribly, horribly screwed. And again, yeah.
2: it's another case of the killer not, not really being that great a killer. No because well he's he's making the argument that you know the the image has been flipped and he's insisting that uh they that it's it's been flipped Columbo's rope a doping him into that business about well I'm just going to I'm just going to go ahead and arrest you anyway like basically Columbo's saying you might be right that this evidence doesn't convict you but I'm going to attest that it does in court so we'll get you convicted yes which is super creepy and yeah, awesome yeah. And we need to see him do that more often.
1: Exactly. But
2: yeah. uh, but uh, and maybe because he's a photographer, his mind immediately goes to the the film. But the fact is, if the picture was flipped, then go back to the ranch because, uh, yeah, right? Th- the entire house in the background was flipped. There was an, I, I it was like half of the mantle and a hallway. Was yeah, visible it was clear? In the photo. It was not
0: the uh, the
1: real world? Yeah, yeah but you could just show. But it was supposed to be, in the moment, just making him that desperate and afraid, which he gets, Mm -hmm. to just, like, overstep. I mean, that's why he's he's (laughs)
0: Columbo, and you're not.
1: And and earlier, earlier in that scene, uh, great mental image, Uh, he's got, like, all of, like, he's got the newspaper, and he's trying to recreate the um, ransom note, cutting it up, and talks about how the night before, he and his wife tried doing the ransom note. So in the Columbo home... (laughs) <laughs> even before they just had the newspaper both cutting out letters looking for the letters trying to recreate this murder ransom note and you got to wonder like boy how, how fun are the nights around the Colombo household
2: it's fun to picture that with Kate O'Mara and Jenny
1: just, <laughs> yes
2: they get Jenny up she's got her her little straw boater Kate on oh, oh, Kate
1: O'Mara oh uh, okay. Kate oh god my name oh, my, where, where is it oh not Kate O'Mara
2: you're right I just said Kate O'Mara didn't I yes Kate O'Mara's a different actress Kate Mulgrew
1: Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew. Maybe we're thinking yes. Kevin O'Mara.
2: Well, yes, awesome. that was thanks. That was exactly, thanks for joining, exactly John.
1: Thank you. Train of thought, looking like Kate Mulgrew.
2: But uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, Kate Mulgrew. Kate Kate O'Mara played the Ronnie on Doctor Who, your favorite show.
3: Yeah, great.
2: Anyway, uh, yeah, Kate Mulgrew and 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 Peter Falk as Columbo and Mrs. Columbo with their little daughter just, Jenny's Just on the, on the boats.
1: floor in front of the fireplace. They got the newspapers. They got paste.
2: You think he does it any other time? I need a like, nail.
1: I need a nail. I, I need a I need nail a with shade. a weird serif. Does it look like from a grocery ad?
2: <laughs> Honey, I, I need to see if what a body would have looked like if it fell out of three stories. Could you spread yourself over the couch? <laughs> yeah, that I like to think that... We've talked about this before. That we like, I like to think that he leaves the murder stuff at the door. But apparently in this one no. case, he doesn't. Nope. No, Clearly he it brings it
1: home trying to piece together murder notes, which is fun. <laughs> Well you
0: know, um, talking about the, uh, the the killer and the reveal and you know the, the catch and all that, my first thought was uh when Colombo says, Yeah, I had the original and then down in the lab I dropped it in hydrochloric acid. Right. Which, yes. You know, I don't I don't know if that's even in your photo lab, but I know that he showed uh Van Dyke a second copy of the photograph. Oh yeah. Which whole was thing. another good so, scene
1: too, which I yeah, love that scene. Right. right. So, so why didn't Van, Van Dyke look immediately look-
0: say I know you've got more proof that the, this is not the original because you have that second photo. Did you drop them both in there?
1: Yeah. But they, he didn't bring that up. No, but going back to that scene, I love that where he's like, oh, here's this photo, this photo, this photo. Oh, whoops. Hey, it's a photo of your wife just before she was murdered. Huh, I don't know how that one got mixed up in there with all the photos of my family's <laughs> thing. Yeah.
2: It's another well-framed shot too. It gives you a good look at the photo, which which does rate high for like inappropriately creepy photos. <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, I, okay, and actually going to the end now, um, after Van Dyke is taken away, there's that nice moment where um, Columbo is about to leave, but he just kind of stops and looks at the photo of the mm-hmm. dead wife again and just sits back down on the table just looking at that while the credits roll. Right. Like he's kind of, he doesn't like it when people get murdered. I mean, no one should, but you know, it, it affects the guy, which I thought that was a really nice uh, moment.
2: No, really, most most of us most of us do like it when people get murdered, but Columbo, a, that's what makes him different.
0: Ah, uh, you know what if I say. If he'd, he'd met man, that she's... woman, he wouldn't have liked it.
1: Right. That's true. That's true. Probably, probably not.
2: <laughs> that would have been a completely different episode. It would have been a lot of Columbo <laughs> just like annoyingly helping Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, no, he, he would, would have been
1: he, that one. He would have been uh, to sharing a glass of wine with him in a car, like Donald Pleasants. That that's what would have <laughs> happened would have felt bad for him
2: were you a witness to what he just did yes i was no i love that no you (laughs) weren't you none of you saw that you get away with it run run (laughs) go to philippines
1: poor man go with the young lady
2: rj rj by the way were you a witness to what he
1: just did yes
2: uh kevin were you a witness to what he just did i don't know oh Uh, kevin you let him get away with murder oh that's sad what did i just do
1: he lost that of course he's uh... he lost the video game for us
2: yeah, that was, uh, that was the recreation of the climactic scene from Columbo negative reaction. By
1: the just one more thing These uh, players. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm sorry,
2: totally spaced on that. And bow. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, that seems like a good place to kind of uh, go around the horn here and ask uh, your overall impressions of the program. Uh, uh, Kevin, uh, what did you think of the show? Pretty, how, well, actually, how many Columbos have you seen uh, since you agreed to this whole rigmarole? This uh, in one or a couple in their entirety,
0: just this one.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, overall, your impression of it as a uh, episode of television, as a story, as a mystery, uh, do you think it's good, bad, eh? What do you think? Well, I tell you what. The
0: first thing I noticed when I pulled it up in Netflix was the runtime at like uh, you know an hour forty something. Yeah, I was really sure this was like a thirty minute show or something. So, uh, my, my first thought was, I'm not sure I love John and RJ enough to do this. <laughs> But, you no, do. I did. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, watching Peter Falk do his thing with the uh, removal from my childhood, where he's just some bumbling guy on the TV that maybe my parents were watching, um, it was it was entertaining. I liked it a lot. The creepy dude with the beard that you guys tell me is a nice guy. He was fun.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have so many movies to send you. <laughs>
2: At the very least I gotta send you the, the Sergeant Bilko episode he's on. Oh
1: right. Oh geez. Swift, Swifting,
2: jeez Swifting Swiftington Bilko? Swiftington Bilko?
1: Yeah yeah something like oh jeez yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good one.
2: You know what? Why are not we doing a Columbo podcast? Why aren't we doing a Bilko podcast? You know. Shut it down. I, I kinda Oh,
1: we gotta do a Bilko podcast. I uh I gotta think about that, actually. All right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I, John? Yeah, you you go ahead and uh, say how uh, you felt about this one while I write a couple things down right. here.
2: Okay, I'm uh, I'm quite fond of it. I'd give it uh, give it eight Columbo's out of ten Columbo's. <laughs> how
0: uh, many Mrs. Columbo's does that convert to? Uh,
2: That uh, that converts to I think seven and one third Mrs. Columbo's. Okay. Uh, in so, Europe, in America, it's ten and a ten and a quarter Mrs. Columbo's.
3: Oof. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, what point seven
2: three Mrs. Columbo's to the Columbo. Oh. I. How many kilo Columbo's is it? <laughs> <laughs> I give deci Columbo. No, it's a, I, like there's a lot of padding in it. There's a yeah. lot of padding. Yeah. And I I think they could have lost like maybe the scene. We didn't discuss it, but there's a scene in a camera shop.
1: Oh, yes. God, I completely forgot about this.
2: That's easily, it, easily four times longer than it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, no, know.
1: I mean, there's some nice stuff in that one I thought <coughs> though where it's – this one showed a lot of his thought process and working things yeah. out. And that was one of those scenes – Eh, it probably could have been shorter.
0: Yeah, I, I liked the for camera sure. shop scene. I didn't care at all for the driving instructor scene. That that was unnecessary in its entirety.
1: That could have been a lot shorter. I got to say, yeah. but I liked it's it nice though. Yeah, it's nice to see Larry Storch. I like yes. that. Guy. Yes. Um, I well, it was weird coming into this. I was t- I was telling John before we started. I didn't feel like I had a lot of strong feelings about this one because I, I kind of liked it. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was. Uh, brilliant i just kind of like this one i thought it was a pretty good story going all the way through but yeah there wasn't anything sort of like oh this is terrible oh this is amazing It was like eh, it was a good solid thing but yeah there it could have been shorter but the network probably said hey we need a 90 minute one for this one so they did it yeah and that's decisions made by men long dead maybe yeah, that would have been a that
2: would have been a two-hour episode in uh... yeah
1: Right. TV, so that's a
0: lot of a lot of sitting around.
1: Yeah. So. Oh, can
0: I can I ask you guys since you've seen all these? Do do all the episodes of the show have the same strange tuneless music going on through the background? <laughs> it yeah.
1: depends. It depends who the composer there's, is, but yeah, there's some weird music in some of them. But yeah,
2: for the for the most part, yeah, that's it's sort of like a it's pretty traditional 70s detective TV show music, I think. Oh. Right. And it's, once in a while,
1: once in a while, it's it's creepier and it's better. But a lot of times it's this, kind of. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin Amara, for doing the program. Thank you for watching an episode with this uh, creepy, terrible man with a beard, uh, (laughs) of whom you've only heard legends in the past. You're very welcome. Um, If folks want to find your work online or anywhere else, where should they go to do that?
0: They should go to klophoto.com, but only if they're, you know, really terribly bored
1: oh stop
0: nonsense stop <laughs>
1: that stop it
2: big uh, big fan of Kevin's photos you should definitely yeah so
1: I was flipping through a bunch of it the last uh, week or so I like this stuff yeah it's very good well
0: unlike Van Dyke I have not spent time in like San Quentin doing prisoner stuff so I don't know if it uh, you know, to will appeal to fans of this episode but give it a try Why?
2: I think just by by odds though you live in New Orleans so you must have photographed criminals even if you don't know it Probably, yes yeah. I have I'm yeah. sure yeah
1: uh, well that's that's the program for this week. Um, if you want to uh, follow us online, we got some ways to do that. Uh, we got a Tumblr, it's teamcolombo.tumblr.com. Uh we post whenever we have a new episode. Uh, people find videos, refine videos that are pertinent to the program uh, for each episode. John puts together a wonderful like a screen capture photo gallery that always looks really good. Uh, so that's up there. Uh, we just started the last couple weeks or so a uh, Twitter as we mentioned earlier, J-O-M-T podcast uh, that's a twitter dot com. Uh, follow us we're posting on episodes, posting photos, posting things we find online, what have you. Uh, we're still kind of trying to figure out exactly what it is, but it's a nice another little outlet to get a hold of uh, you folks in the audience. Um, you can listen to the show, of course, all the time at the dot net slash just one more thing. Or in the podcast section of iTunes. And if you like us enough, and you get the uh, program through there, if you feel like you want to leave a rating or a a bit of a review, we wouldn't complain at all. That's not a bad thing. Uh, We've got eight there. Let's bump it up to nine. Huh? By the end of 2015, let's get nine reviews up there.
2: If just one of our listeners would write a review, this fundraiser would be over.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Just one more review. You will get a uh, complete DVD series set of Mrs. Columbo and Kate Loves a Mystery and Kate Columbo. Uh, Don't you, all you have to do, me? And you have nice. to leave. And you have to leave one one review in the next uh, fifteen minutes, and uh, we'll send that to one of our lucky. Uh, players. I'll just get. Some,
2: let's get. Let's make tote bags.
1: All right, tote bags.
2: Let's make tote bags. We'll give tote bags away. I'm going to make tote
1: bags. Tote bags with the Beale striker.
2: You guys with Beale? This makes no sense. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, All right, well, that's program. Uh, Once again, thank you very much uh, to Kevin Marr for helping us uh, with this. And, uh, well, I guess I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.
3: Oh, listen, just one more thing.
0: Mr. Weekly. Yes? Uh, They told me at the office I could find you here. I'm
3: Lieutenant Columbo. I'm from the police. I'd like to ask you a few questions. I hope you don't mind. It's my lunch hour. I'm hungry, irritable. Is there something I can do, sir? What did you have in mind? Are you stuck? It's obvious, isn't it? I guess so. Well, then why ask? Well, I thought it might be helpful if I gave you a lift. That would be helpful, yes. Where are you going? To the office. Right this way. Is it safe? The car? Yes. Absolutely. Seat belts, Lieutenant. Seat belts. Where are they? Well, I don't have any sir. Is that a requirement? It certainly is. I a new mean, regulation. Fourteen months. Well, I'll certainly do something about that. Um, this man that I'm trying to check on, Mr. Alvin Deshler... Look behind you, Lieutenant. What is it? Away from the curb, you must look behind you. Sorry, sir. All clear now. Um, as I was saying, keep your eyes on the road. Oh, I'm all, right, eyes sir. On I'm the all right. right. I'm all right. Don't worry. But I'm not. I had a woman in the car yesterday. Would you believe it? She backed into a mailbox. Now, that's not a joke. That's a fact. A mailbox. Did Can she? you picture that? Yes. Well, those, those things are, of course, unnerving, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are.
0: Uh, here's the photograph, sir. This is the man that I'm talking about. Now,
3: we're going to turn at the next block. Turn at the next Signal. Uh, watch your right. Always watch that right. And the left. And your eye has to be trained. To watch both ways. Exactly. Exactly. It's called defensive driving. Watch it. Watch it. I'm sorry, sir. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Pull over. We've got another 10 to 12 blocking. Just pull over. (laughs) Would you shut off your engine just to be on the safe side? Yes, sir. Lieutenant Colombo, I'm sure you have a driver's license. It may even have been issued in this state, it may even be valid. But all of these things, notwithstanding, I'm sure you'll understand why I'm electing to walk the rest of the way.